Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Conversation. I'm Bethany Gilbert, and I'm here with Pastor Dusty White of Coromdeo Church and Pastor Chris Hummelman of First City Church. Every Wednesday, we sit down to talk about how the gospel of Jesus Christ connects to the questions and issues of everyday life, and today we're talking about how you get to decide. You get to decide, Chris. Bob decided not to be here with us today. He did. He's out. He was like, I'm going to exercise my own agency and get on out of there, which is fine because yeah. today we're going to talk about decisions nice, and agency and how you get to decide. A moment ago, I brought up two LaCroix. And, and I had to decide which flavor I decide. wanted. And I said, you can exercise agency. You're either going to go pamplemousse or lime. <laughs> that is the greatest word. It's such That's a weird so word. Pamplemousse. Yeah. So, and, and Bethany definitely went grapefruit. Yes, but not without first saying, I don't care. I'll take whatever one you don't want. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about, actually. We're going to talk about an awareness of human agency. I need to, at the very beginning here, say, well, b- before we even start, we just need to acknowledge there are zero snacks in front of us. But Somebody decided not to send in snacks? Down Bob yeah. and down snacks. That's Man, we're going to make it. I feel like I'm definitely going to make it. So, uh, but we also do just need to acknowledge, uh, through some, some training that I went through, uh, that's where this episode is coming from. It's coming out of some coaching, some thought work that has been done by the soul care network and, uh, more specifically rich Plass who wrote the relational soul that many listeners are aware of. Cause we've talked about that before. So I am totally, Chris, you and I are totally vamping off of his work and something that he offered. Uh, the backstory here is that I was on a call with him and took seven pages of moleskin notes. And I just kept thinking like, oh, there's some, there's something here. There's some gold here, which is what you often do when you're listening to a 70 year old person. You know, you're just like listening and going like, oh, there's, there's some wisdom here. So that's where this episode is coming from. Yeah. You did a really good job of putting all those notes together too in this, this little handout that you gave me. So good job on that. Well, we're going to, well, hopefully we'll find out (laughs) if it's good. So we're going to work towards an awareness of human agency for yourself, but also for caring for others because caring for others includes helping people see their God given options and then encouraging them to step toward their human agency. And sometimes we need to give people back the power to decide. So let me explain a little bit about where we're headed. And then Chris, you can tee us up with some theological framework here. So we're going to talk, well, really just, we have a bunch of scriptures that we want to offer you uh, because this is all the Bible's idea. The scriptures give us a bunch of different decisions to be making. Like if you think about Proverbs, the difference between wisdom and foolishness is I need to choose wisdom instead of foolishness. For example, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Classic stuff that you're, if you grew up in the church, your parents were teaching you that at a very young age, right? Like many people right now listening in their AirPods are just like finishing that. Well, that is you're exercising agency if you're doing that. You are trusting in the Lord and then you're not leaning on your own understanding. That is decision making right there. So basically, we want to make this very practical for you. So we're going to talk theologically about some things, but then we're also going to get towards a healthy, measured sense of agency. And then we're going to talk about three imbalances of agency, and then we'll just probably banter back and forth a little bit about what that looks like, 
Number one would be a loss of agency. Two would be a diminished ability of agency. And then three would be an exaggerated ability of agency. And then if we have time, we'll get to some like assessment questions that could be in there along the way. Dusty, one of the reasons I'm excited to talk about this is in many different pastoral counseling situations, discipleship situations, this issue of, of agency comes up regularly in various ways. It, it has many different forms, but the encouragement towards, hey, by the power of the spirit, you can make decisions. You can exercise your will to toward good habits, towards uh, cultivating spiritual disciplines, towards wisdom, towards maturity. And, and so having this sense of, hey, you can, you can take steps towards doing what is right, towards health, towards spiritual formation is such an important, just pr- practically both for ourselves, but also for those of you that pastor and disciple and care and counsel for others at whatever level, just having these categories, I think is super important. So I'm, thanks for, you know, teeing up this topic. Yeah. And then, um, so you can do that spiritually. And then I also just think, you know, like this gets into the nitty gritty of family life and just, you know, where do I want to live? And I don't know, uh, you know, just like all, all the sorts of, uh, the nuts and bolts of life. There's a story here. Uh, I was meeting with a gal in our church. I don't know, this is probably a year ago and she was coming out of more of a legalistic, uh, framework and, her husband was, uh, she met her husband in that same system. And now they're uh, a part of our church. And she was coming to me to help, basically to help me help her make a decision. And, uh, Chris, I looked at her and I was like, well, what do you want to do? And she didn't really know. And then I said, well, if the spirit lives in you, your desires will align with the spirit. And then the spirit's going to help you make the decision you want to make. And you can make that decision. And she cried. And then later I said, what's the, you know, what's, what's the emotion about? And she said, I've never had a man, especially a pastor, ask me what I want to do and then tell me that I can, you know? Wow. And so, so I think we just have to realize some people have uh, a lot of agency. Some people's agency has been taken away. Yeah. So, So good, I mean, in a good place to start here, when we're going to get to some of the, the ways that agency can be removed or broken, but I think it is helpful to start theologically because we can have some misunderstandings theologically that can keep us from exercising our agency in some ways. And so, um, before we get to, you know, all those other broken ways, let's just clear up some things theologically here that we hopefully will be a good foundation for people to step forward. And, And so what you have here, which I think is a great categories of distinguishing between union with Christ and communion with Christ. Mm-hmm. And when we uh, perhaps don't distinguish these two things well enough, we can fold them into each other in ways that are unhelpful. So where, where did you, this sort of theological summary, it looks like you, some of this is coming from Kelly Capic. What, which, yeah, which we did as a staff okay. a while back because our Kevin Huddleston, our Deacon of Gospel Communities was deep in this for some reason, I think because of Equip. And so we went through a larger article. This is a snippet of that. Okay. And so what what's happening in this article is kind of using, so John Owen has written some of the best stuff on union with Christ and communion with Christ, but John Owen is also kind of a hard read. <laughs> so anytime you can find someone who's a good, does good work of summarizing Owen's teaching, then you need to learn from them. And so I think Kelly Capic, who's a professor, I believe at Covenant or somewhere, um, 
is has written on a number of things. Uh, anyway, this is this is kind of coming from his summary. So union. So if we think first of union with Christ, that is something that God does by the power of the Holy Spirit unites us with Christ, and that is the the essence of our salvation. You are united with Christ. You receive all the benefits of your salvation because you've been united to Christ. That is something that is the fancy term monergistic. That's an act of God unilaterally to unite us to Christ by the spirit through our salvation. We don't do any works. We don't add anything. There's nothing that we do for union. You know, that foundational understanding of salvation by grace through faith, it is a work of God. So that's when, so we're talking about union. Communion is a different dynamic. Communion is that relationship, that living relationship that we have with God. And the way he, he talks about that is, um, communion includes shared affections, response and delight. It's giving and receiving. We're in union. We are receiving that as a gift in communion. There is a giving and receiving. And so uh, a living, breathing relationship, if you will, that is affected by what we do. Yeah. So that, that communion can be strong. We can, we can experience other subjectively, um, a security in that communion, even though our security in Christ is not based on our emotions not based on our feelings, our, our sense of that security, our sense of closeness to God can be affected by our behavior. And so that's what the communion piece is where our agency comes in. So I'm not passive in that is what you're saying. Chris. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and that is the piece where we confuse communion with union, where people can go passive and just think that, well, this is just all, all I have to do is sort of receive from the Lord rather than no, I exercise my will, my emotions. I'm, I'm, I'm actually in relationship with God. And so it matters that I am pursuing the Lord in prayer. I'm communing with God in prayer. I'm communing with God in the word. I'm communing with God in corporate worship with God's people. Uh, all all the, the various means of grace that he has given us by which we experience him, experience his power and grace in our lives. And, and those, God, God has given us those things that we may act on them. Yeah. And you're saying there, I have work to do there, or I, I have something to engage. Yes. Yes. And the, the important piece is, is that through the exercise of my will, by engaging, by communing with the Lord, something happens in me. Like I am changed. I'm transformed. I, I grow. Now that is not the basis of my salvation. Again, we're, we have to keep those, Preach. those, those things um, distinct, but at the same time, my growth, my maturity, my experience uh, in my relationship with the Lord is affected. And so oftentimes when I'm meeting with somebody who maybe is, is experiencing a discouraging communion with the Lord, let's say it's like God feels distant or my relationship with God doesn't feel like I'm not experiencing the love of God. I think one of the first questions is, okay, so how are you doing in the word, in prayer, gathering with God's people? Are, are, are you exercising your will in that communion? Um, are you seeking to cultivate that? Is there um, giving and receiving? Is there shared affection? Is there response? Is there delight? Is there satisfaction? You know, are, how is that being cultivated? And more often than not, it's, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, yeah, it's know, not really. I haven't really read my Bible. Yeah, yeah. And, and so John Owen, who was working in the, uh, the, the tradition of the Puritans, the Puritans understood that sort of assurance of salvation, that sense, that deep sense of security, that was actually something that was the product of communion with the Lord. Theologically, positionally, that is something God does. We don't lose. But our subjective sense of that 
if, if we're not cultivating communion, then of course that subjective sense is going to feel very distant and far and cold. So, so it, at the end of the day, in a sense, hey, communing with God matters, yes, in the sense of maturity, but also just in your subjective experience of gospel truth. If you're not cultivating that, then you're not going to experience the, the benefits, the subjective benefits, the emotional benefits, so to speak, of, of gospel truth. Yeah. Capic says, while saints' consistency in prayer, corporate worship, and biblical meditation are not things that make God love him, such activities tend to foster the beautiful experience of communion with God. Yeah, that's good. It's like similar to marriage. Like yes, you can yes. be married to Mindy, which is like true, but then you have to foster a marital relationship. Yeah, right? exactly. exactly. You can you can have a child, but you have to engage them in some decent parenting and fathering and mothering to develop a parental relationship with them. Yeah. And another another quote, when when we are experiencing um, maybe less than communion that, that the, the subjective experience isn't warm and isn't secure. Our union with God in Christ is never in jeopardy. And, and I think what, what happens is we often connect those two things is when I'm not experiencing it subjectively, I can start to go, well, God doesn't love me or my secu- salvation isn't secure. But that is, that's where we have to hold to the faith of that we're united with Christ. This is all the work of Christ. But our sense of fellowship with God does necessitate appropriate human agency and response. Mm. So there is this sense in which, hey, if you're feeling that distance, if you're feeling that coldness, if, if there is that wrestle, you're not helpless in that. No. It's not just no. sort of sit back and wait till that goes away. No, it's God is calling you to commune with him so that you do experience what is objectively true. Yes. What is, Chris, what would you say... And and Kappa gets into this, but what would you say, and he's quoting Owen, obviously, but what is the spirit's role in all of that? So the spirit is going to, I mean, and depending on kind of the, the, the means of grace that you're engaging, but, but there's one, the spirit is going to um, open our eyes and our minds to the gospel, to God's love first, the truth of what Christ has done. And, and in that secure us in that, um, I think the word he uses is brings consolation. And so this idea that uh, through the spirit, we again, subjectively experience what is objectively true. And so I can internally experience that sense. Oh, God does love me. My salvation is secure. We don't live by that feeling, but the spirit does bless us with that consolation and that growth and that assurance. And the more that we cultivate communion, the stronger and more steady that consolation and that assurance is. So the spirit is strengthening and confirming through the means of grace, what is objectively true. And so my job as a Christian, if God has given his saints, uh, the spirit and the spirit's prompting me, then I have to decide, I have, I have to decide something. Yes. And then I have to engage something. And so from here forward, Chris, let's talk a little bit more about like a a healthy or measured sense of agency. And then some of these imbalances of agency and consider like an assortment, I guess, of, you know, like as I'm listening to this, like an an assortment of diagnostic questions, maybe for myself from here, because if God has done all of this for me, then I need to do something with it. Right. Yeah. We work out our salvation because with fear and trembling, because it is God who works in us. 
And so, yeah, doing, doing the working out of that, the doing of that, the, our salvation does not make us passive. Now, no, the gospel actually gives us all the more reason to do. And so I think that's, you know, that, that influences that encouragement. We should take encouragement here. So every person comes with a hardwired, crucial capacity. You could say you have the ability to think, Chris, feel, imagine, evaluate, desire, remember, and another one of those capacities is you have the, the capacity to choose. Now, all of those things influence one another. Um, we think and feel we want and evaluate, but all of that stuff also leads you to make decisions. So a healthy or measured sense of agency, maybe you could say like, this would be the bullseye of the middle of the dartboard. The following are kind of indicators of a healthy or measured sense of agency. This is all according to some of the coaching I've received. You're able to identify kind of what you're feeling. And then you're able to tell me kind of what that means or what that needs. Now (laughs) that would be really healthy, right? Like I don't always know what I'm feeling and thinking and imagining and dreaming about. And I don't even know how to like, some people can't set goals, but if you can, then you're on the right track towards a healthier measured sense of agency. And then you can like make decisions towards a realistic goal. Like I'm here now, but I would like to be here. But most people who are in that category have also been given, especially this is where it goes back into your story. You've given, you've been given along the way, the permission to fail Mm -hmm. and you can hear, you can see others' opinions, but then you can also be driven towards your own conclusion. So I could hear your opinion on this idea, but I could also evaluate for myself and then decide for myself, you know, um, a healthy measured sense of agency probably has, is a person who has some good self-awareness. They're, they're aware of what they're good at and what they're not good at. And, and then also can solicit some feedback. So like, if I do something, I can come to you also, Chris, and say, Hey, how was that? Could I get some feedback on that? Could I get some input on that? And that's not going to affect obviously my union with Christ or anything like that. It's, it's, it's not going to necessarily affect my identity. It's going to sharpen me and make me yeah. a better human. And then along the way, I can also be surrendered the whole time to the will of God. All of my desires, all of my decisions can hopefully lead towards surrender humility, and then therefore advance the kingdom of God. Yeah. And I like this, this important piece too, of how the sovereignty of God plays in this, where the sovereignty of God becomes a place of safety and trust rather than a place that gives me permission to be passive. Well, it's in the hands of God. Doesn't matter what I do versus no, I trust the Lord is in control of all this. And so I am going to, by faith, exercise my agency and trust him with how this plays out. Yeah. And also fear. I'm not afraid yeah. of doing the wrong thing because God's sovereignty frees me up to just go ahead and make a decision. Yeah. And I'm there's grace the and there's yeah. yeah such grace for my mistakes. All right, Chris. So that would be if you're a healthy person and you have just a measured sense of agency, you're just killing it. You know, that would be you now. That's not always me. I'll just tell you that it's right definitely now. Not always me. And so let's offer up these three imbalances that can happen. So first of all, a loss of agency happens when a person has been in relationships or in an environment with limited options of maybe being safe. Like that's obviously your family of origin or primary relationships. And so safety 
fostered at a young and permeal age is essential to agency. So unfortunately, when a person has experienced unlimited safety in their relational, emotional, spiritual, or sexual situations, they can be prone to lose agency. Because exercising agency becomes scary, becomes a threat. Is that kind of what, what that's yeah, saying? Yeah, it could be a threat or actually it, it was also just kind of taken. So, so they don't really know how to do it yeah. in a sense of like, I've never had to exercise my agency. And so what does that even mean? Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't ever really allowed. So maybe like the, the gal that you mentioned, I've never had a man, a pastor ask me what I want. Like that's never been an option for me. Yeah, I was just told what to do. I was either told what to do or yeah, decisions were just kind of made for me along the way. So I, and I just am in service to whatever your decision is. So Chris, you're in charge. My job here is to just support all of that. And you're going to tell me what to do. So that is where I could lose a sense of agency. So what you're highlighting here, Dusty, is that for, for some people, the way that they have been formed, the sort of their story, family of origin, as you pointed out, they've been shaped such that they haven't even learned how to exercise this muscle. Right. And, and so the, the, asking somebody to, to exercise their agency in a, in a particular situation. It's doing the, the importance of doing this assessment is not go, Hey, why are you lazy or why are you being passive? This, this is saying, Hey, step back. Some people just have never learned how to do this. Right. And so they need the help kind of that Proverbs level level wisdom of just even learning what it means to, to exercise your own agent and decide, like depend upon the spirit for yourself, do those, that process of thinking and discerning and and choosing and, and all desiring, like all of that, that stuff. Some people just have to learn these, these sort of steps to, to regain their agency. Yeah. And you, and you might need some help in that. Like it might, it's not, if, if you have a loss of agency, it might not be your fault. Yeah. 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 And exactly. so you just need some, some training wheels, you know? Yeah. And so that's where the church can be helpful and other people can be helpful along the way to just go, Hey, this is just kind of where I'm at. I don't even know what I want. Cause I thought wanting something was wrong. Yeah. You know, I don't know what I should do because somebody's just always told me. Yeah. You know? And so if you're if someone who's walking with somebody that's struggling with this, I think it's, it's important to assess this because I think, especially with guys, I'm, I'm thinking of my discipleship with men. It, it can be very easy to just jump. Oh, this guy's just lazy. He's just passive. He's just, you know, whatever versus, Hey, maybe this guy's never been, never, you know, didn't have a father figure, didn't have someone did or, or had very heavy handed parents and someone just didn't develop this in them. And so not jumping to conclusions, but assessing if, cause, cause those are just two very different things. If you're telling a guy, Hey, you're lazy. And he's like, Hey, I've just never been taught how to do this. You're, you're just going to miss. And, and as far as how you're trying to disciple this person. Right. And, and the courage to say, I've never been taught how to do that is a mo a huge moment oh, yeah. of courage. Yeah. And we need to steward that because what we tend to do is just read our own situation into every other situation we're in, you know? So like, we're wondering, well, why can't that guy just make a decision? You know? Well, it's because he didn't grow up the way you did. So we have to, we have to, you know, lead and guide and come alongside yeah. all of that along the way. So secondly, a diminished ability of agency. So you might not have a loss of agency, but you might have a diminished ability of agency. And that happens when a person tends to have an external view of who they are and how they're actually doing. So Chris, this would mean like my sense of self usually, if not always is based on your opinions or perceptions of who I am. So like, this would mean I tend to be able to make some decisions, but only if you and I are doing well in our circumstances and okay. relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I got a lot of self-doubt and I, I'm not sure 
again, it's not, it's not as exaggerated as loss or it's not as intense as a loss of agency, but I just have this, I just don't really know. I have this impaired ability to name what direction I want to go in, you know, like, so like, Hey, let's go to dinner. Okay. What do you want? Uh, I don't care. Like we would just blame that a little bit on personality, but sometimes it can go deeper into agency. Like I just have this impaired ability to even know what I want. And so when you earlier talked about the ability, a, a good sense of agency is ability to hear what other people say, evaluate, but, but be able to come to your own decision in, in light of what you've received. So it's, you're, you're, you're courting help. You're asking for help. But at the end of the day, you're still making a decision based on weighing these different options. We're here. There's an inability to separate yourself from what other people say. They, yeah. What they've said is just so strong that my decision is ultimately going to be dependent upon what they tell me rather than my ability to weigh. Yep. So like, we're obviously talking about this for like spiritual formational reasons, but to just use that restaurant analogy or that food analogy, let's just go with that. So like, if I say, Hey Chris, let's go to dinner. And you say, where do you want to go? And I say, I don't really care. And then you say Indian food and I go, okay. But the reality is I don't want Indian food, right? Like I'm not into that right now. I don't feel that. But if I don't say cheeseburger and I just go have Indian with you, then I'm living in, this would say like, I'm living with a diminished ability of agency. Cause I just, I'm relationally with you. So that's more important than any sort of agency. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I well, want a cheeseburger, but for the sake of the relationship, I'll eat what you want. Or vice versa. If, if I ask and someone says, okay. And so my resp your, your response isn't as excited. Then I'm like, I all of a sudden won't go with Indian food. I'll like, oh, I, I have to make sure what you say, like we're aligned yeah. here. And so there, there's just no ability to sort of differentiate. Yep. And so whether either side of the, the equation, this can kind of play out. Yeah. I'm either going to play into what you're doing or I'll just be paralyzed yeah. too. That's yeah. another thing I can just, there's so many options. So I can just have analysis paralysis and be overwhelmed or maybe I don't want to make the wrong decision. So then I'm just, okay, well that all gets into having a diminished ability. The one, the one last thing on this one that I, that you, you put down on here that was helpful is what is the path of least resistance? Conflict yeah. avoidance. Yeah. I think is, as and maybe is another layer that's underneath some of this of just like, I don't want to create conflict with you because if I am in conflict with you, I lose my, you're, you're the way by which I sort of know who I am. And so if we're in conflict, I lose my sense of self. That's right. Yep. So that's a diminished sense. Now, on the flip side of loss. So we have loss diminished, but we also have an exaggerated ability of agency. This is basically like the, my way or the highway kind of person, you know, that person who you're just like, uh, I think you just ran me over back there. And I don't even know if you knew that, you know? So this happens when a person is domineering or insensitive or lacks mercy and isn't even aware of relational fracturing along the way, I guess you could call it. Some might call this person a narcissist. Yeah. This, I think if, if you wanted to put narcissist as a bullet in here, it would have to go under the exaggerated person. So this person, uh, you know, there's a little bit of an aloofness or shamelessness about their decisions. It's just like, Chris, here's where we're going on vacation. Get in the car. You know, yeah. it's just like, <laughs> well, do you want to go to South Dakota? Well, we don't care what you think. We're just going to South Dakota now. You know, it's that kind of thing. And so there's no, no humility, no sense of the other, no sense of even your own limitations. 
And the danger is, is this kind of person latches on to one of the other two types. And so that, that dynamic just kind of perpetuates both right or all, you know, whatever type of broken agency and just kind of creates a, a pattern of not healthy exercising of agency on anybody's part. Yeah. So the exaggerated ability person, the other thing I want to say here about this one is there's in the spiritual sense or in the church world, in the leadership world, there's kind of this spiritual smugness about them or they just, they know it all, you know, and they, and you're not going to teach them anything. You're not going to tell them anything. Yeah. To what you said, a lack of humility. Okay. So if that's where we're at, Chris, what are some ways that I can like understand as I'm listening to this, assess kind of my own sense of agency? First and foremost, I think if we go back to the theological point is just, do you fundamentally believe that by the power of the spirit that you, your agency has now been set free to where you can exercise, that God has given you the very things we were talking about, that God wants you to, he calls you into an exercise of agency. So just interrogate that assumption mm. first, because I yeah. think some people might just be operating with a sense of, no, I don't actually believe that. And for whatever reason that's there, whether it is a theological misunderstanding, whether it is, you know, kind of things broken in your story, whatever it is, just start there with, with this question of, um, am I even operating with this belief? And if not, then asking the question, why is it a theological thing? Is it, is it something about family formation story? You know, what, whatever the, the brokenness is there and, and kind of moving forward from there, I think is where you start to to understand how you begin to regain agency. Yeah. The other thing there that comes to mind as you're talking, I'm like listening to you preach right at me there, but I'm also thinking about just that sovereignty of God comment earlier of, do I just trust and rest in the sovereignty of God? And is that a worship? Does that bring about a worshipful disposition? And do I rest in the grace of God as I exercise my own decisions? Yeah. This interestingly enough, uh, last night at gospel community, we, we've been sharing our testimonies in gospel community. And, and Mindy and I are leading a gospel community for those couples who had, had been leading GCs for a while, but we're just taking a break. And so we're just, you know, we're just doing some good story sharing and, and different things. And last night I was sharing my story. And one of the comments that I, I think I knew this about myself, but it was helpful to articulate it is when it comes to God's sovereignty. And I kind of look at the different things that have happened in my life. I've never had an existential angst about God's sovereignty. There's a piece of this where I, I believe he's good. I've trusted him and I've, I've seen his, his faithfulness. But for a long time in my life, it left me passive. Mm. Like it was this thing where I just sort of, I trust God, I trust his goodness. And it allowed me to sort of disengage where spiritual maturity for me, especially since I've been married is how does the sovereignty of God actually empower me to exercise my agency into difficult situations? Yeah. And so this has been part of my journey is how, exactly what you were just saying of how to rest in the sovereignty of God in such a way that I'm active in the hard things in my life, go into the painful things, deal with it, enter into painful things with other people so that sovereignty of God actually activates my agency. Man. That's good right there. I'm like listening over here, like getting, he was like Same pointing at I'm, me. I'm just like, oh, that, that's me. Yeah, yep, that's uh -huh. definitely me. Yeah, I'm thinking about all sorts of things. So, you know, like as you're listening to this, you have to keep in mind also the fall. That has also yeah, impacted you absolutely. along the way. You have to keep in, in at the front of your mind, like you come from a certain family. Uh, you, <laughs> I come from a different family of you, from you, right, Chris? So like that's impacted my decisions and 
life circumstances are in there uh, along the way. Maybe I have um, some physical situations. So like, you know, my body is different than yours. And so you you get to make different decisions than me based on the body and, uh, and also just past decisions. So my past decisions affect my sense of agency along the way. If I've made a ton of bad decisions and they haven't gone well, well, then <laughs> I'm a little nervous about yeah, making decisions yeah. in the future. If I've made great decisions in the past and the things I've decided on and have uh, given myself to have, you know, flourished, well, then I have more confidence to make more decisions. And, and I, going back to something you just said, the, the fall, I think this is a helpful category too, because understanding that as much as our story affects us, that is interacting with just our sin nature. Now, if you are in Christ, you've been set free from the power of sin, but you still, there is still an, an element of, hey, a lot of this is unbelief. And so we're, we're looking at, in any good discipleship counseling situation, we're both looking at, hey, how have, the way, how have there things been, wounds and things that have happened to me, ways that I've been formed, but also where, where's there just unbelief in my heart that yeah. I need to repent of and yeah. turn from? Yeah. And I would just say like for myself on making decisions, community is essential. Yeah. Like I have needed community to boost my sense of agency and confidence to make the next best decision. So here's a, here's just a handful of, I'm just going to rifle these off. Okay. Here's just a, uh, a bunch of questions you could be asking. What is your capacity to exercise agency? You could just ask that, uh, you, you know, underneath that, you could just say like, how sure or settled am I or how unsure, how unsettled do I feel? And then I think it's important to ask uh, about the relational support along the way. What has relational support looked like in the past for you making decisions? Because my relationships within and around my circumstances definitely set up my choosing way more than I think they do. It's not my decision. My decisions, Chris, have a lot to do with who I'm surrounded by to that point of community. And have I, was I as a kid, like Chris, when you were nine, were you encouraged or discouraged to make decisions? That's, that's important stuff to yeah. be asking. How do you view your choices? How have you made decisions in the past? Why did you do it that way? And then also, if you want to know a little bit more about your own agency, this is like the, the decoding here. How do you talk about the decisions that you've oh, made? That's good. That's good. Is there a sense of embarrassment? Uh, are you super prideful about it? Are you like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I did that. You know, or is it like, uh, yeah, I did that, you know, shameful. Yeah. Or is it by the power and grace of God? Yeah. It wasn't perfect, but man, look, look what God did. Look what, you know, like, so there, there's a sense of freedom and joy, even in the mistakes, you can see God's power at work in your life. Yeah. So I, you know, this is helpful for me. We're rolling it out here because we want to be helpful to you. And I definitely come out of a diminished ability of agency based on story based on just a number of things. Uh, I, I found this pretty helpful cause it was like yeah. reading my own mail no, no, you know? and I was like, uh, this very is, good. this is something for me to keep on the front burner. So friends, keep in mind, the Lord allows you and invites you into because of your communion with Christ, because you're already united in him, you get to commune with him spiritually. And then a part of that is you get to exercise your decisions along the way. 
the goal of this podcast is to equip our own church for discipleship and mission. So if you're a Christian or a church leader in another context, we thank you for listening in and we pray that this conversation might be helpful to you as you minister in your context. We love to hear from listeners. So if you have thoughts, questions, or future podcast topics, send an email to podcast at cdomaha.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next Wednesday for another episode of the Wednesday Conversation.